1: Today we're reading 1 Kings chapter 15 verses 1 through 24 and 2 Chronicles chapters 13 through 16. This is the new King James version of the podcast. The King James version is also available. In 1 Kings chapter 15 verses 1 through 24 and 2 Chronicles 13, we see that we have a new king, Abijam, also known as Abijah, and Rehoboam is out. 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 1. In the eighteenth year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maacah, the granddaughter of Abishalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem, because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. So Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. Now over to Second Chronicles chapter 13, the parallel passage. Verse 1. In the eighteenth year of King Jeroboam, Abijah became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah set the battle in order with an army of valiant warriors, Four hundred thousand choice men, Jeroboam also drew up in battle formation against him with eight hundred thousand choice men, mighty men of valor. Then Abijah stood on Mount Zimarraim, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, and said, Hear me, Jeroboam, and all Israel. Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons, by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his lord. Then worthless rogues gathered to him and strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and inexperienced and could not withstand them. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the sons of David, and you are a great multitude, and with you are the gold calves with Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priest of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and made for yourselves priests like the peoples of other lands, so that whoever comes to consecrate himself with the young bull and seven rams may be a priest of things that are not gods? But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites attend to their duties." And they burned the Lord every morning, and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. They also set the showbread in order on the pure gold table, and the lampstand of gold with its lamps to burn every evening. For we keep the command of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Now look, God himself is with us as our head, and his priest with sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper." But Jeroboam caused an ambush to go around behind them, so that they were in front of Judah, and the ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked around, to their surprise, the battle line was at both front and rear. And they cried out to the Lord, and the priests sounded the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it happened that God struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. Then Abijah and his people struck them with a great slaughter, so five hundred thousand choice men of Israel fell slain. Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed, because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. And Abijah pursued Jeroboam and took cities from him, Bethel with its villages, Jeshana with its villages, and Ephraim with its villages. So Jeroboam did not recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. But Abijah grew mighty, married fourteen wives, and begot twenty-two sons and sixteen daughters. Now the rest of the acts of Abijah, his ways, and his sayings are written in the annals of the prophet Iddo. Well, Rehoboam's boy takes over after his death, but reigns only three years. He didn't serve the one true God, according to 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 3. Now he's compared, but in a bad way, to David in this verse— David is commended for having a perfect heart before God, but Abijah was pretty much preoccupied with getting Israel united with Judah once again for his three years as king of Judah. He even went to war with the northern kingdom in what can only be described as an enormously bloody battle. With supernatural help from God, and despite an ambush maneuver by Jeroboam, 500,000 of the 800,000-man army of Israel, northern kingdom, under Jeroboam, they were wiped out. Abijah does precede the battle with a noteworthy speech, making some excellent points to Jeroboam in verses 4 through 12 here. He basically says to Jeroboam, Your new gods ain't nothing. Obviously, Abijah intends to leave a legacy of a united Israel. Abijah does, in fact, prevail in that battle, and Jeroboam never recovers afterward. But with all the excitement of his three years, when the smoke clears, there's still a northern kingdom separate from Judah, the southern kingdom. Abijah's only significant legacy at the end of his short reign was fourteen wives, twenty two sons, and sixteen daughters. I wonder when he even had time to fight. The covenant of salt that we find in Second Chronicles thirteen, verse five is only referenced one other time in the Old Testament, and that other time is Numbers chapter eighteen, verse nineteen. Here's what that verse says. All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. It's apparently a reference to the preservation, the the permanence of the covenant. Incidentally, in verse 7, Abijah refers to the children of Belial in the King James Version, While the King James Version frequently transliterates the Hebrew word Belial as a proper name, in fact, it's a general Hebrew word meaning worthless or wicked. Seeing it capitalized in the King James Version, one might get the impression that it was the name of a pagan god, but not so. In the New King James Version, in that verse, verse 7, it's translated as uh, worthless rogues. So, Abijah's three-year mission as king of Judah was characterized as a northern-southern kingdom of Israel unification period, but it didn't work out. It failed. He died after tremendous bloodshed with nothing to show for his efforts, really. There's a great lesson to be learned here. Abijah missed the whole point. I mean, missed it big time. The kingdom split because of Solomon's tolerance for paganism. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 11. Look at the notes there. The split of Israel into the northern and southern kingdoms was done by the hand of God. Therefore, restoring the kingdom of Israel as it was during Solomon's reign could only have been accomplished by King Abijah serving the one true God of Israel himself. However, 1 Kings chapter 15, 3, well, it says he did not have any interest in doing that. Instead, it says he walked in all the sins of his father. As I said, Abijah missed the point, the spiritual point, the forced reunification of Israel was not the remedy for a spiritual problem. Yet Abijah was not in tune with God, and he didn't really see that. So, if you look into the written notes of BibleTrack.org, we have a summary of King number two over Judah from 913 to 911 BC. Abijah or Abijam, and uh, good, nothing bad. Yep, uh, he just didn't seek after God. All right. How about a good king for a change? Enter Asa. We read about him in 1 Kings chapter 15 verses 9 through 15 and 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 9. In the 20th year of Jeroboam king of Israel, Asa became king over Judah, and he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Maacah, the granddaughter of Abishalom, Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. And he banished the perverted persons from the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. And he removed Machah, his grandmother, from being queen mother, because she made an obscene image of Asherah, and Asa cut down her obscene image and burned it by the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all his days." He also brought into the house of the Lord the things which his father had dedicated, and the things which he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and utensils. Now let's read about him over in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa his son reigned in his place. In his days the land was quiet for ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images, He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those days because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and make walls around them and towers, gates, and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of three hundred thousand from Judah who carried shields and spears, and from Benjamin two hundred and eighty thousand men who carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor." Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots. And he came to Marashah. So Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephathah at Marashah. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against this multitude, O Lord." You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army, and they carried away very much spoil. Then they defeated all the cities around Gerar for the fear of the Lord came upon them and they plundered all the cities for there was exceedingly much spoil in them. They also attacked the livestock enclosures and carried off sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. Well, Abijah's boy Asa becomes king and he's a good king. Now he's not perfect, but he's a good king. It's about time, we might say. Asa rids the land of the male prostitutes and removes all the idols that his father had made. He got rid of the, most of the high places, and uh, those were the altars to the pagan gods, the ones in the cities of Judah anyway. According to 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 14, though, he didn't exactly get all of them. They kind of crept back in during his reign. He fortified the cities of Judah and built up a 580,000-man army. That's a big army. Asa had a large army, but it was nothing compared to the Ethiopian army of a million. A million that attacks Judah, headed up by Zera the Ethiopian, also known as Zera the Cushite. Let me read you an excerpt from the Expositor's Bible commentary regarding this battle. Cushites, known also as Nubians, served as Egyptian mercenaries, and by the close of the next century had come to rule all Egypt as the 25th dynasty. That's the end of the quote. This battle was fought in southern Israel. However, Asa prays for victory. God enables Judah to pursue them as they fled back toward Ethiopia and wipe out this massive army. What a miracle and a testimony to the power of God. We again see a little complication with some elementary math when it comes to counting up the tribes of Israel. Even though Judah was the lone tribe of the southern kingdom, it's obvious from this passage that a sizable fighting force as a matter of fact, 280,000 from the tribe of Benjamin joined in with them. you recall that Simeon had no distinct territorial lines of its own. It was all contained within the borders of Judah in specific cities. So it must be that some of the tribe of Benjamin aligned themselves with the northern kingdom while others merged with Judah. Otherwise, one can only account for nine northern kingdom tribes instead of ten. Then we see that Asa, in chapter 15 of Second Chronicles, is all about Jehovah all the time. Verse 1. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded." And when Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt with them in Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon. For they came over to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time seven hundred bulls and seven thousand sheep from the spoil they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman." Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all round. And he removed Ma'achah, the mother of Asa the king, from being queen mother, because she would made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down her obscene image, then crushed and burned it by the brook Kidron but the high places were not removed from Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal all his days. He also brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and utensils. And there was no war until the thirty-fifth year of the reign of Asa. Well, here we see that Asa gets really zealous toward God at this point after hearing from God through Azariah, the son of Obed. He gets rid of more idols in high places to false gods. These little rascal gods seem to multiply with, well, with some help from some misguided people. He goes one step further this time in an attempt to suspend their seeming proliferation. He enters into an oath with the people of Judah to stop making those idols and stop worshiping those gods, and death this time to those who have a relapse. The oath was marked with one of those big smoky days at the really big altar, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep sacrificed all in one day. He even makes the gutsy move of removing his own mama from being queen because of her idol worship. Well, and then here it is again. He says in verse 17 that he did fall a tad short of complete success in his extermination of false worship. Well, what about freedom of religion, you might ask? (laughs) Well, not here. Notice verse 13, And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. Asa was obviously dead serious about the one true God. We see in verse 9 that Asa's influence against pagan worship extended into the northern kingdom. We see that in verses 8 and 9. But he fell short of ridding Judah and Israel of their pagan worship when it says in verse 17, But the high places were not removed from Israel, Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal all his days. But we see then that Asa has a tough time in his elder years. Let's read 1 Kings chapter 15, verses 16 to 24, and 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Kings 15, verse 16. Now there was war between Asa and Baasha, king of Israel, all their days. And Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabrimon, the son of Hezion, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his army against the cities of Israel. He attacked Ishan, Dan, Abel, Beth, Maacah, and all Kinneroth, with all the land of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and remained in Tirzah. And King Asa made a proclamation throughout all Judah. None was exempted. And they took away the stones and timber of Ramah, which Baasha had used for building. And with them, King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. The rest of all the acts of Asa, all his might and all that he did, and the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet. So Asa rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. Now over to the parallel passage, Second Chronicles chapter 16, beginning there with verse 1. In the thirty-sixth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house, and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelled in Damascus, saying... Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Aizhan, Dan, Abel, Ma'im, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and ceased his work. Then king Asa took all Judah and they carried away the stones and timber of Ramah, which Baasha had used for building, and with them he built Geba and Mizpah. And at that time Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Note that the acts of Asa, first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the forty-first year of his reign. They buried him in his own tomb, which he had made for himself in the city of David. And they laid him in the bed, which was filled with spices and various ingredients, prepared in a mixture of ointments. They made a very great burning for him. So in the 36th year of Asa's 41 years of reign, Baasha, king of Israel, the northern kingdom, builds Ramah right outside Jerusalem for the purpose of interrupting Judah's trade routes. So what does Asa do? Does he kick him out like he did the one million Ethiopians with God's help? No. He calls the king of Assyria, Ben-Hadad, for assistance. Of all people, the king of Assyria. Now, here's the good news and the bad news. That worked. Baasha did evacuate Ramah and give up the idea of attacking Jerusalem. But God sends a prophet named Hanani. And he tells Asa that because he didn't really rely on God, like he did before against the Ethiopians, it'll be war for the rest of his days. Well, it's great to have a conduit to God like the old bold prophet, right? Well, Asa goes on a tear and locks the prophet up while exercising cruelties towards some of his own people. Now, there's a not-so-obvious dynamic working here which may explain Asa's decision to involve the king of Syria. Asa's father, Abijam, also known as Abijah, he'd wiped out the northern kingdom's army back in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 17. 500,000 men... So basically, Israel was unable to defend itself from predators. It's likely that Baasha was no more than a vassal king of Syria's King Ben-Hadad at this point in time. And the only way he was able to flex his muscles at all, really, was with the assistance of the Assyrians. Without assistance from the Assyrians, Baasha had no warring abilities to speak of. It probably made sense to Asa to call in the markers with the king of Syria to, to... to abandon his relationship with the Northern Kingdom and support Judah instead, well, for a price, of course. Once Syria switched its support from the north to the south, well, then it was all over. Asa dies after reigning for 41 years; dies of a foot disease. Kind of sounds like diabetes to me. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 12 says, "And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe." Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So with all the good that Asa did before the Lord, his life ends with a lapse of spiritual insight accompanied by bad judgment. So if you look into the written notes of BibleTract.org, there's a table there showing a summary of King number three over Judah. His name is Asa from 911 to 870 BC. Had some good. There's some good in the column there. We also had some bad.